You're listening to the Unfreak Parents Podcast, episode 065. You're seen to chat about life, family, and of course, Humphrey's McGee. I'm Sarah Jahimiak, podcast host, writer, mom of three, wife, and total Umfreak. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the show. Episode 65, that is just fucking crazy to think. Wow, thank you so much everybody for tuning in and listening every week. I am so, so grateful for all of you. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode, which featured a recap of the band's recent Chicago show on August 10th. There is a link in the show notes where you can find that if you'd like to give it a listen. This week, we will chat about the shows in St. Petersburg, Florida on August 15th, Miami, Florida on August 16th, and in St. Augustine, Florida on August 17th. I wanted to quickly mention recently announced November 8th and 9th in Charleston, South Carolina, the Woodlands Festival at Charleston Woodlands curated by Umphreys McGee, who will be playing two nights. Also playing that weekend, Big Something, Zach Deputy, Voodoo Visionary, The New Deal, Spafford, Sun Squabby, Heather Gill's Band, and others. And I'm sure there are going to be some other bands announced as well. Early bird tickets are already sold out, but there are still tickets and packages available I will link all of the information that you need about this inaugural festival in the show notes. We're not sure yet um, if we're going to be doing this festival. Of course, it's certainly piqued our interest. I'm also interested to see how this festival evolves. I would love to know how much of a role Umphreys has played in this festival. Um, Is this the beginning of a UM festival? Is that really what it's going to morph into? We shall see. Um, this is going to be a awesome weekend for sure. I'm really hoping that we can move things around and make it happen for us. Um, and as I said, all of the information that you need about this festival is in the show notes so you can check it out more. And before we get into this week's episode, I would love to tell you all about my sponsor, Swift Charge. If you were at summer camp or electric forest earlier in the summer, maybe you saw their booths or maybe you even used their service. I mentioned in my summer camp recap episode how amazing it was to have their battery charger all weekend. And if you're not exactly sure what Swift Charge provides, you pre-order a charger, and when you get to your festival, you go to their booth and you pick it up, it suction cups right to the back of your phone and charges while you're raging the show. And anytime the charger runs out of juice, you just take it back up to their booth and they swap it out for a new fully charged one, unlimited charging all weekend. And... Did you know that the charger is yours to keep forever? That is totally right. You take it home with you, you recharge it, and you can take it anywhere. I throw mine in my purse. I take it when I'm running errands, when I'm out with my kids, I'm at another show, road tripping, whatever. 
I know I have a way to keep my phone from dying. Love everything about this. Swift Charge will be providing portable charging. Yes, this includes for your vape pen too. At live music festivals throughout the rest of the summer, there is a link to their site in the show notes where you can see a complete list of where they will be. And especially for my listeners, if you use promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A, at checkout, when you pre-order a charger, you'll receive 10% off. That is promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A, at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off your next pre-order. Also, I wanted to mention, if you're looking to get the word out about your shirts, pins, jewelry, prints, your band that's going on tour, or small business that is looking to work with some like-minded folks, Umfreak Parents Podcast would love to help you get the word out. UPP is currently offering custom-made packages that will fit your specific advertising needs and budget. Packages would include ad time on the podcast, social media plugs, product reviews, and more. With an average 200 downloads per episode and about 50 new episodes a year, when you advertise with UPP, your ad will be heard by tons of fellow umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow umf family. Email umfreakparentspodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more. All right, so that brings us to the first show we're going to discuss in this episode. August 15th, the band played at Janice Live in St. Petersburg, Florida. This is the fifth time they have played at this venue, not having played there since April 26, 2017. Also, I want to note that prior to this show, Stasek posted on his social media that he would be playing with a fractured pinky. It was like this whole thing with like a piece of the bone and ugh, it was gross. But <laughs> I will link um, to his post in the show notes so you can um, read that. The evening started with the walkout tune, No Crying in Mexico, followed by Remind Me, really getting comfortable about five minutes in, dancing open and really expanding wide a few minutes later, coming in for a landing to calm itself down before moving right into the sex metal part of the song. While it's worth next, followed by Turn and Run, and some really fun information from Umfax on Twitter. This tune, played as the album version of the song, has a show gap of 133 shows, last time played February 15th, 2018. Over the past three years, this version has been played three times, while the turn and dub version has been played seven times over those same three years. Really great info there for sure, and love Umfax tweets, always some great tidbits. I'll throw his Twitter handle in the show notes so you can follow him if you're not I highly suggest that you do. Like I said, always great stuff coming from him. This one starts to sink in slightly before two and a half in, dancing around for a little bit, 
blossoming open a few minutes later, really spreading wide and resonating full out, snapping back into turn and run a little before seven and a half. Definitely give that one a listen. Mulches stomping in next, getting very loose and relaxed as it dances into its jam slightly after four minutes, aggressively changing its mind about three minutes later, setting its sights on coming back into mulches. Cemetery Walk next, followed by Cemetery Walk 2, digging its heels into its adventure slightly after three minutes, coming down to cool a few minutes later and moving into a light, flowing, sensual jam, beginning to gain some traction about nine minutes, building all the way back together and gliding right into Cemetery Walk 2 to close out the first set. Now, this second set, I personally thought was spectacular. I've come back and listened to just the second set of this show a few times. Definitely give this set a listen for sure. The set would start with an almost 22-minute plunger. And I just recently went on a little rant, I guess, about this song in episode 63. I'll link it in the show notes. And I talked about how much I enjoyed what they've been doing with this song this year. And this is right up with it. The other versions that I mentioned from this year that were worth taking note of were from Kettle House Amphitheater on August 3rd. Um, March 29th at the Ryman, and then, of course, the Brooklyn Run Plunger from the 15th. Some people are saying that this plunger could maybe be up there as the best of the year. I don't want to say that yet. We still have a few months left, of course, and I personally have not gone back and dug into the other versions yet. But this one is fun and a really stellar way to open the second set, heading out eight and a half in, opening up to this very metallic, futuristic, aggressive jam a few minutes later, chugging along and beginning to rotate about 19 minutes and blossom open into a beautiful, hopeful jam. I put this one on my Hall of Fame list like I said, to come back to it and compare it. Definitely worth a listen. It is a massive plunger. I mean, coming in in almost 22 minutes, it is a massive way to start the second set. Slacker next. Again, stepping into a really fun jam very early on, about two minutes in. This is definitely another one that's been really getting the treatment this year. Featuring a little Mrs. Robinson strut, first and the last scene, according to All Things Umphreys, on April 2nd, 2011, during Umbol 2, the tail end of Nothing Too Fancy. I will link that show in the show notes and where you can listen to that as well. Miami Virtue dancing in next, unfolding into an intergalactic adventure about four and a half in, breaking through about eight minutes and opening up and confidently dancing along. A cover of the police tune, Driven to Tears, next, 
covered a total of 23 times, including this time here. I've mentioned before how I thought this and other police songs are a great cover um, for them to do, but also provides a fantastic canvas for them to create their own art on, giving it a nice Umphrey's touch to it for sure. Kimball coming out to beautifully close out the second set. Encore for the evening was a standalone all in time, taking everyone on one more adventure for the evening. At one point, stepping into a full of purpose spy movie theme moment of the jam, coming down for a little bit, building the pieces back together to slam right back into all in time. And of course, you know, the massive ending in the feels of all of that. And that all in time would close out the evening in St. Petersburg, Florida. August 16th, the band played in Miami, Florida at the Fillmore. They have played four times at this venue in the past five years, starting in 2015 and skipping 2016. The evening started with another walkout tune, Goonville, not being played in almost a year, last seen August 30th, 2018 in New Orleans at the Joy Theater, stepping right into a crucial taunt, looks coming up next, another one that I have raved about this year, one that's not been my favorite lyrically, but... They've been really stretching and having a lot of fun with watching that one expand, dancing out at the end, and leaving looks unfinished, eeringly piecing it back together and smashing into Breaker, a tune only played seven times, and it recently saw a rebirth in 2019. January 12th at the National in Richmond was the first time we saw that song this year. This song originated at Umbowl 7 in Las Vegas on March 6, 2016 to open the first quarter. I will link that um, Umbowl and the set list in the show notes. I will also link the uh, podcast episode from January where I talked about uh, Breaker coming out for the very first time. I know there's some other tidbits about that song in there, so I'll throw that episode in the show notes. It is also noted on All Things Umphreys that this version features a tease of the song Black Market by Weather Report, but I am unfamiliar with their music and that song, so I'm unsure when that happens. Breaker, I really honestly would not be mad if we saw more of it in 2020. This one adventures off slightly before three minutes in, ominously coming back down to earth quickly collecting all the pieces to mold back into Breaker. Like I said, I would not be mad if we saw more of this one, especially since I have not had the pleasure of catching one live yet. Morning Song next, followed by, I believe, the real highlight from the first set, a nice little mantis sandwich with a cover of the Billy Joel tune, The Stranger, nestled inside of it dancing down the rabbit hole about six and a half in, coming out the other side into the previously mentioned cover of Billy Joel's The Stranger. That Mantis jam would also feature Jake on keys. 
The stranger covered a total of 42 times, has seen play three times this year. Prior to 2019, this song had not seen light since August 25th, 2016 at Lockin Music Festival. Dancing into making it their own about five minutes in. And shout out to Joel during this jam, starting about seven minutes until eight and a half. Adventuring out again, coming back into the end of The Stranger, and then sliding back into Mantis to close out the first set. Set two opens with Roctopus, followed by The Lanier, another highlight, I believe, from the evening, floating into the jam about five and a half in, and I am all about this jam. The energy inside of it, especially the way it builds up about nine minutes, dancing so fucking fiercely to this one for sure. Something about being deep inside the middle of the jam in this one. I don't know what it was. It just felt so good. Setting it down nicely a few minutes later, letting it breathe and fade out, sidestepping into example one, Stasic laying the bricks for this jam with a very bubbly, thick sound, with it getting a lounge music vibe to the jam for a little bit, getting energy and soaring back into example one. Jajunk next, heading off on its own four minutes in, really digging its roots in at nine minutes, pulling everyone deep into this really energetic piece inside of this jam again, making this Jajunk a highlight from the evening as well. Really love this jam in there too. Give that one a listen for sure. Stasic coming to... This Stasic bringing this energy and heavy slinking tone underneath as it trudges along, stomping in to push the pig. This one trickles down into the jam four minutes in. It gets all sorts of dirty inside of it, picking itself up a few minutes later and beginning to confidently walk into the end of push the pig, ripping into junk part two after that. Night Nurse coming up featuring a little bit of Late in the Evening by Paul Simon Jam inside about five minutes in, getting a very nice taste of Perk World about a minute later. Andy and Chris taking the reins for a little bit in here before stepping into an energetic island vibe to the jam for a little bit, calming itself down and swaying into Bittersweet Haji. This one, definitely a treat for those in attendance. 306 show gap for this one. Last seen August 16th, 2016 at Wani Music Festival. Only performed live a total of six times. A bust out for sure. And if you're looking for that mashup, it can be found on the band's Zonky album. And that song would close out the second set of the evening. Encore was one song, the triple wide. I will admit many a kitchen dance party to the jam inside of this one. Always. (laughs) When I'm listening to this one, I just cannot help but just stop and start dancing. Venturing way out about four minutes. Coming back into cool for a few minutes. 
building back into the triple wide gently and fading out with a stairway to heaven by Zeppelin Tees to close out the evening. Someday, someday we will get that stairway to heaven. It's just constantly teasing. I've talked about this before, but I know one day we'll get it. Maybe, maybe Iceland. I don't know. But as I mentioned, that triple wide closes out the evening. That brings us to the final show we'll talk about in this week's episode, August 17th in St. Augustine, Florida, appearing five times on this stage, including two nights in 2015 on August 10th and 11th. When they played here last year on August 18th, it was the scene of the first extended attachments and many believe, myself included, one of the best versions of the song that they have played to date, and personally helped change my opinion of a song that I otherwise was not a fan of. This evening in St. Augustine would open with Triangle Tear, gearing right into 1348 next, wandering off on its adventure about three minutes, soaring around to begin setting its sights on coming in for a landing about four minutes later, dancing in and calming down, leaving that 1348 behind and opening into In the Kitchen, sinking into the jam slightly before four minutes, dancing along, futuristically sounding a little bit at one point, bobbing right into a very sunny, happy jam, slipping into something a little more country, sort of honky-tonk, about nine and a half in. It really blossoms open very nicely for a little bit, leaving also this in the kitchen behind and floating right into Visions, a gorgeous song not seen very often. Prior to this one here, we saw it on May 17th, 2018 at Paper Mill Island Amphitheater in Baldwinsville, New York. The only time I've caught this one played only 97 times in its 17-year life. Getting loose with a calypso-y feel to the jam about four minutes in, Stasic laying the foundation under this jam to allow this to build and transform aggressively, changing direction a few minutes later and stumbling into mail package. Joel really laying it down here about four minutes, coming back into mail package only a few minutes later, and then heading out one more time. After the song is over, Bayless sharing the fun fact that they've never played in South Dakota, Alaska, or Hawaii before. So let's make that happen because a trip to Hawaii to see Humphreys would be pretty fucking awesome, honestly. (laughs) Um, Kabump next, bringing back that honky-tonk vibe about two minutes, fully embracing it. But after going back into Kabump and heading back into a jam... It takes a different path, one more determination to it. Interesting, I felt the way that they just brought it to the end there. And a little got your milk and an end of 1348 to close out the first set. Set two opens with DBK. The jam inside of this one is honestly a personal favorite from the evening. It begins to beautifully flow around slightly after 11 minutes, staying in that space for a few minutes before rounding the corner, getting some balls to it, calming down for a little bit before getting its momentum back and forcefully charging into DBK, but not continuing on. 
slyly shifting into Higgins. That Higgins will sink into a lounge vibe slightly after three minutes. And during this little jam, it would feature, according to All Things Umphreys, Milestones by Miles Davis and Killer Joe by Benny Golson teases and So What by Miles Davis jam inside of that whole thing there. This will gain more energy slightly before nine and a half, spreading right back into Higgins, sliding into the end of DPK after that. Party and Peeps next with Mullet Over following. That one has not been played since October 4th, 2018 in Kansas City, Missouri. So a nice little bit of time there. A puppet string sandwich next that would contain a little much obliged in the middle. Getting to it about three minutes in, dancing along and seamlessly transforming back into puppet string to close out the second set. Encore was a cover of the Pink Floyd song, Shine On You Crazy Diamond. This cover done a total of 45 times was last played earlier this year, January 19th, 2019. This one, my husband, who is a huge Pink Floyd fan, is still waiting to catch. I luckily saw one at summer camp back in 2008. Actually, it was only like my second or third Umphrey show, so I wasn't like totally you know, into it like I am now. I was still very much a newbie at the time, um, but it was very, very awesome to catch that so early on for sure. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Pink Floyd is seriously a one of the perfect bands that Umphrey's covers. I mean, all of their covers are good, but Floyd is definitely one of those bands that is really great for them to cover. And that Shine On You Crazy Diamond cover would close out the evening in St. Augustine. So that's all I have for this week's episode of the show. Anything referenced throughout, including the set list for the shows discussed, as well as where you can listen to them, is also in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments about anything talked about in this show or any other episode, please feel free to reach out. I love hearing from you guys, so please don't hesitate to contact the show. How you can do that is in the show notes as well. And thank you again so much for joining me. I will see you around these parts next week. Much obliged.